good Sunday afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Junkie Sunday Rise. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG. Join with the returning, newly married, boss, BJ. What's up, what's up? What's going on, bro? Man, nothing much. Been trying to hold it down, keep the home fires burning while y'all been away. Uh, now it's back to business. Hey, man, you've been doing a hell of a job, man, because... Uh, when we was out Vegas, I noticed that uh, when we did the other podcast, I looked around. I said, "Damn, I got ninety percent of the sideline junkie sitting here with me." <laughs> you know, so yeah, we uh, we definitely definitely did a hell of a job holding it down while we was in Vegas, man. And I appreciate that, man. Ah, no problem, man. You know, got to got to keep everything rolling. Oh, absolutely, man. Show don't stop, baby. Got to keep rolling. Got to keep rolling. We we want to be successful. You got to do it. Hell yeah, got to dig, man. So, what's on the agenda for today? It's Super Bowl Sunday, man. I don't care what team wins. I don't even know if I'm watching it, but we'll get to that later. But, uh, look, one team beat my Buffalo Bills to get there, and the other team has a quarterback that basically been putting his foot in our asses for the last 20 years. I don't care who wins. I, I dig where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care who wins. I'll probably be playing a division. Because... <laughs> Since I didn't get to play last night, man, I blinked my eyes and I woke up and it was seven o'clock this morning and I had to piss. Oh Lord. I was so tired last night, man. Well, I hey, I'll be watching the Super Bowl from my laptop and if we're on the division, I'll be on the division on on uh the TV. So that's that sounds like a plan. But how you gonna watch I'm I, that sounds like a, a good ass plan. I might do the same thing. I might put it on a laptop. And put the laptop in a corner somewhere, put a coat over it so I can hear it, <laughs> and then play the division, man. Fuck this, fuck the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> hey, man. You got a lot. Hey, when you had a season like my Buffalo Bills had, you made it to the AFC Championship. You, 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 now you're a little sour on the Super Bowl. You know, when, when your team don't make it, they're not worthy. Now you, you ride with a team, you pick a team, but we were relevant up until two weeks ago, so. Fuck the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Well, you heard it from the man. And by it being Super Bowl weekend, we had NFL honors last night. Uh, mm-hmm. We already knew what the, everything was going to be. We knew Alex Smith was going to be a comeback player of the year. We knew Chase Young was going to be defensive rookie of the year. Aaron well, Rodgers, MVP. Well-deserved well for Alex Smith, well-deserved for Chase Young. And we're not just saying that because we're based in the DMV. I think – I don't think I know Chase Young showed this year that he is going to be a dominant force for for however long his career is. All right. That was his rookie season. Uh, Alex Smith. We all know what Alex Smith went through to get back on the field. I remember when he had to come in um, in in substitution and everybody was just like, oh, my goodness. It's like he got to get right back on the field. It's like. I think I forgot what quarterback got hurt that he had to come in. It's like he it was like sudden he had to come in. He had to do it. And he he came in, you know, rusty, you know, but just to come back from what he had to go through 17 surgeries, almost dying, almost losing his leg. Like you can't you can't say anything more than what what's been said about Alex Smith and the leadership and the the, just the, the person he is to come back from all that and then have the guts to step back on the field. Um, Because you could easily 
he could have easily psyched himself out. I got hurt on the on the same team. Joe Theismann got hurt on damn it on the same day, same injury, and Joe Theismann didn't come back. So you could have easily psyched yourself out, but for him to come back, do what he did, uh, hats off. He well deserved award, and then um, we'll see what the future holds for Alex Smith. Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, when he came back on the field, that was Kyle Allen that got hurt. And okay, okay. That was, it was against the Rams. Well, was that and the every, concussion? Uh, shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. Okay. Well, it was shoulder that they ruled a concussion. Okay, okay. And it was like uh, I was glad to see him back, but I told you I was like, man, I'm scared. Yeah, and I was then first, too. Aaron Donald rode his back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Aaron Donald don't give a shit. He nah, don't it, care. No, nah, I mean, look, we we talk about it all the time. Whether you're seventy percent, eighty percent, once you step back out on that field as an opposing player, I don't care what your injury is. I'm not trying to hurt you, but once you step back out on that field. Is 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 business as usual? Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna take no mercy on you because you had 17 surgeries. This you once you come back on the field, your 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 chicken dinner, your barbecue chicken dinner with the baked beans, you you, you got all the fixings on you. So yeah, I mean he did what he was supposed to do. You know I don't think anybody did anything dirty or anything. He just played football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now. On top of NFL honors, uh, we had that on those hotel room doors, proverbially, because nobody's in the hotel rooms. But yeah, Hall of Fame came and knocked. Uh, quite a few names made the Hall of Fame. A couple that I was, I ain't gonna say head scratches, but I think was pretty early. Um, we knew Peyton Manning was gonna make it. That automatic lock. They already said he was going in. Yeah. Peyton Manning, I mean, it was we knew Peyton Manning was gonna make it while he was still playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh of course I can't find uh, the whole entire list without reading an article. That's cool. I know Al I I, I predicted Alan Fanica in one of our episodes. Alan Fanica made it, mm-hmm. uh, Charles Wilson, Calvin Johnson. Uh did Tom Flores make it? Yes, he did. And Tom uh, right Flores. So. Um I know I'm missing somebody else. Uh Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson, yes, Drew Pearson. And, and we're going. And who? Bill Nunn. Bill John Nunn. Lincoln. Okay, yeah. So yeah, we got some. We got some questionables on this list for 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 various reasons. We got some questionables on this. We'll get to the number one questionable in a minute. But do you think John Lynch had a Hall of Fame career? Mm. See right there. Look, this this is how I take it. First, first, was he first ballot, John Lynch? No. This, okay. I, this is like John Lynch's third, fourth. So, I so. Think it's, but it was quite a few. You're the research man. How many, how many safeties and cornerbacks haven't made the Hall of Fame? I'm about to look right now. How many safeties and corners um should be in the Hall of Fame that John Lynch made ahead of. Uh, he made it ahead of Rondé Barber, who was a teammate. I, but I think oh, my Barber. goodness. That, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's no way in hell that John Lynch should have made the Hall of Fame before Rondé Barber. 
we 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 don't even have to go through a list of cornerbacks that haven't made it. How the hell did John Lynch make the Hall of Fame before Rondé Barber? Rondé Barber was one of the most strapped down dominant corners to play. Now he's not. I don't think if you rate the corners, he's probably not top ten. But he was a hell of a corner. Mm-hmm. But compared to John Lynch, how did Rondé Barber not make the Hall of Fame? True. We know why. We know why. And it has nothing to do with race. It's a popularity contest. Yeah, because John said, Lynch. John Lynch was very popular. He was. He was, he was a, a hitting white boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing about John Lynch. John Lynch would lay a lick on anybody. He played the run very well. Was he Hall of Fame worthy? Yes. I just don't think this was the year. <sighs> I'm trying to look something up now, so uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, I got and... you. I just, oh. I, I don't, don't get me wrong. And he was, he was great under Sam White. He was great under Tony Dungy. He was great under, uh, Gruden. He was okay when he went to, went to Denver, but he was good. He was good. But I'm just like, this should have been maybe next year. Not take, taking anything away from, but this should have been next year. I think this should have been Rondé Barber's year. Because Rondé okay, Barber is of consistency. I agree. I, I, I agree with you 100%. And of course, because I'm trying to look something up, I can't. Uh, I, Apple is really leaning on my phone so that I can get a new phone. They're really, really leaning on my phone. Uh, I, I just I just want to say that. Because every time this, like, I'm, I'm, I'm having charging. Char- charging my phone, trouble charging. Now I can't. I don't. I can't even get the video back up on the Skype. I can't get you back up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Well, at least as long as you can hear me, um, I'm having a little difficulty with my signal. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I think I definitely think Rondé should have been. This should have been Rondé's year. John Lynch could have waited. Definitely, John Lynch could have definitely waited to get into the Hall of Fame. Now, now, I'm going to read off something to you. Okay. 1,251 tackles, 28 sacks, 197 pass deflections, 47 interceptions, 15 forced fumbles, 14 touchdowns. As a corner, a cornerback, you're telling me that that's not Hall of Fame worthy? So I'm looking at, I'm looking at a list, top 10. John Lynch made it in before Eric Allen, Deron Cherry, uh, Lamar Parrish, Leroy Butler, and Jack Tatum. How was he in before the assassin? The assassin is a legend in himself. And that and that's what I'm saying. It's like the, I you know, we don't have any control over it. And we've talked about it numerous times, especially with the Hall of Fame and how how this voting goes. But something needs to be reeled in because there's players out here that should be in the Hall of Fame that aren't. And they're getting passed up by players. Now, don't get me wrong. Certain players, you know, eventually should get in the Hall of Fame. Um, But sometimes their time, their calling is too early based on who hasn't made the Hall of Fame. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't think I have. It's only one other person on that list I have a problem with getting in early. I think he had a Hall of Fame career in his short time span that was so dominant. But who else? On how many more people on that list do you have an issue with getting in the Hall of Fame right now? Uh, well, getting in right now. Yeah. Two. Okay. So you got two. I got one. What's your? What's your? I think our our number one is consensus. Yes, that's Calvin Johnson. That's Calvin Johnson, and we'll we'll get to that. We'll explain that in a minute. But who's your number two? To be quite honest, Charles Woodson. I think that right there should have been Leroy Butler because Alan Fanica, Tom Flores, mm-hmm. overdue, long overdue. But Charles Woodson was dominant, and as he got older, he evolved. He got he got better. Right, and I'm he like, hold better. on, this dude is you you a beast like this though. Stop! You making these these young boys look bad. Not and, saying he's not a Hall of Fame player, but Leroy Butler, Hall of Fame player that's getting looked over every year. Yeah, um, I I agree with Charles Wilson to an extent, especially the names I just read on a cornerback list that haven't made it. I definitely think he had a Hall of Fame career, like you said. Um, and it's not just Charles Wilson. It's it's. It's LeBron James. It's it's Michael Jordan. It's Kobe Bryant. As you as they get older, they learn how to flip that physical switch on and off. But that mental switch goes up to a whole different level. They understand the game, the game to a whole different aspect than what they did when they first came. When they first came in, they could run with the the wolves all day. When you get older, your body, you, you know, you, you start to have to dig deeper to get your body going and stuff, but mentally you understand the game better and you know when to apply the pressure and when you can quote unquote take a play off. You know, when you don't have to run as hard. You know, when you you know you could guess where you need to be at. So yeah, Charles Wilson, um shoot Deion Sanders, you know, he all those guys that learned that mental part, you put with the physical part. They were dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm borderline. Like I said, I definitely think he had a Hall of Fame career. I'm just borderline because of people like Jack Tatum and Leroy Butler that didn't get in the Hall of Fame. And I don't want anybody to listen to this and be like, those those dudes crazy. You know, they don't think Hall, uh, uh, Charles Wilson, they don't think um, John Lynch and Kyle Johnson had Hall of Fame careers. Now, we're not saying that. What we're saying is... There are people that came before them that keep getting overlooked yearly, and they should be in the Hall of Fame. They, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I want. I just wanted to clear that up to make sure that we understood that everybody understood that. Now, with Leroy Butler, he's on the All Decade 1990s team, and he's on the first team. Okay. Outside of the special teamers. Uh, Morton Anderson, who's a Hall of Famer, and Deion Sanders, who's a Hall of Famer. He's the only first team player out of the all nineties, the all decade nineteen nineties team that's not in the Hall of Fame. That's crazy. That's crazy. That brings up the point of the all seventies team. Drew Pearson was the only player in the all seventies team. That did not make the Hall of Fame until this year, and I and think they gave, they gave him Hall of Fame out of pity. Yes, I I, I think 
even though he's deserving of it, I think that the the tirade he had last year not getting in and it went viral media-wise, I think that's why he got into the Hall of Fame. And it's a shame that that's what it took to get a man that had a Hall of Fame career into the Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. you know, because that kind of puts some light on the BS the Hall of Fame goes through and, you know, leaving these players out. That man should have been in the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? We talking about what was his playing career in the seventies? Uh seventies and who uh Drew Pearson? Yeah. Seventies into the eighties, but uh his career was cut short due, a, due to a car accident. Now his uh his numbers, though not very astounding, but for what he did, uh four hundred and receptions, seven thousand eight hundred and twenty two touchdowns. I mean uh seven damn he caught scored that many touchdowns. He should have been about the Yeah, he should yeah. He should run his own league. Uh, seven thousand I'm seven thousand eight hundred and twenty two yards receiving and forty eight touchdowns. Um played on some of the greatest cowboy teams, Super Bowl champion, three time pro bowler, three time first team all pro. But you gotta realize and during the seventies yeah, and he played until 1983. You got to realize during the 70s, you had a lot of great receivers. You had a lot of receivers in the 70s that were, you know, coming into the twilight of their career that were still dominant. You had guys mm-hmm. like Lance Swan, John Stolberg. You still had uh, Lance Allworth, who is a very underrated receiver in, 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 in the NFL. Most people don't know about him, but Lance Allworth, you had uh, – on the other side of him, you had Golden Richards. You had a Charlie Taylor. You know, you had these names. You had Roy Jefferson. You know, it, I can name a lot of receivers in the 70s that were pretty damn good. So he had a, a lot. But for him to be named 1970s all-decade team, and he was a first team, not mm-hmm. second, first mm-hmm. team. Him and Lynn Swan were the two receivers. Harold Carmichael and Paul Warfield. Two other dominant receivers of the seventies. Come on, man. And I, I and I and just to piggyback on what you just said, and people people will hear these numbers that we talk about from players from other decades, and you know, people compare it to now. You can't because the game was so much different back then. So you hear those type of receptions, and you hear that you know Rice and. Um, Art Monk and, and, you know, guys like that, you know, have the receptions and the yards they did. It, it was a different game in the 70s and the 60s. You know, we still talking about in the 70s, people clotheslining people, you know, coming across, leaving their feet, hitting people across the middle. So just like basketball, you, you go to the numbers that if you look at all the, the top 10 three-point shooters, I think they're in the last – 20 years they're probably i think the only player left on that top 10 list is reggie miller from before pre-2000 i think i believe so i think pre-2000 the only and that just tells you how good reggie miller was shout out to little paul over in portland because <laughs> that's his man so they just tell you how dominant and how good of a shooter reggie miller was so when these players from the 90s 80s and 70s early 2000s are looking at today's games and NBA and NFL, and they're like, man, we would dominate. And and these the 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 crazy thing is the players now like you know are taking offense to that, but it's the truth. It's a different game. Just like you can you 
you can go back and you can say, well, this this player here and that player here wouldn't translate in a 90s game or the 80s game because it was a, a different game. Can you imagine, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a receiver that that that's playing now, Odell Beckham in the 70s getting clotheslined. I bet he stopped dancing. Uh, yeah. I got all juju going across the middle. Somebody able to leave their feet and hit him. Man. It wouldn't be no more Corvette, Corvette. I guarantee you that. Guarantee you that. He'd be apologizing on the sideline on the other team. Like, please don't hit me like that again. Please don't hit me like that again. But back to the numero uno dude, Calvin Johnson. And uh, I'm about to start driving a minute. So if I, if I, if I fall off, that's why. Um, let me go first on Calvin Johnson just in case you lose me. Like I said before, Calvin Johnson's a Hall of Famer. Okay. For the what did he play? Eight seasons? How many seasons did he play? I think it was eight, nine. Hold on, let me let me pull it up. I got you. I think it was right, eight. So, so he was absolutely dominant and unstoppable. And if Detroit had uh a, a, a put a, a good team around that, that was you know, the offense they had, if they put a good team, that was, you know what I'm saying? You get frustrated after a while. I understand why he left. You know, you're coming out there. You're the most dominant receiver in the league, and you have nothing to show for it. But what we're saying is there are receivers that keep getting overlooked. Um, I named some before we got on the uh, podcast. Uh, Henry Ellick, Gary Clark. Um, I keep forgetting the Chiefs guy name. Oldest Taylor. Uh, oldest Taylor. Um, and, it, and if you're going to put somebody in on a short career like Calvin Johnson had, then why is why didn't Sterling Sharp get in? You know what I'm saying? Sterling Sharp was dominant. And his hit he got um sidelined due to an injury. So if you're going to put somebody in on a short career like Calvin Johnson, we're not saying Calvin Johnson isn't worthy of Hall of Fame. He's one of the most dominant receivers of all time. We're just saying that it should have been there are other guys that that should have went in in front of him. Just like John Lynch, we were saying that, hey, Rondé Barber probably should have went in before John Lynch. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're saying the same thing. Like, Henry Ellett was an ageless wonder. What I, I don't even know. When you get a chance, how what age did Henry Ellett retire? I want to say it was 40. But I got a receiver for you. Who? One that constantly gets overlooked. That's Cliff Branch. Cliff Branch, yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's what we're saying. Like, the Hall of Fame, it just doesn't make sense sometimes. But, you know, like you said off air before we came on it, you know, we know it's a popularity contest. You know, we know it's, you know, who gave the interviews and who the writers like and all that. That's why, look, let the writers do their thing, but they need to add a players panel, too. Mm-hmm. They need to add a players panel too because you got like you said something off air. There's no way Devin Hester should be getting in before Brian Mitchell. There's no way Devin Hester should be getting in before Don Beebe. It, 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 you can't, you cannot do that. Devin Hester was dominant, but you have two special team players that set the tone that were two of the greatest of all time. And I know I'm leaving out a couple of other special teams players that probably should be in the Hall of Fame also. And, and, and it's, a, it's a disgrace because you're saying that 
basically saying that that part of the game doesn't matter. You know, and, and, and you know, for the you think about the plays these guys made to to you know help their teams win. You know, everything that Brian Mitchell did, being basically a utility man. You know, everything Don Beebe did. Now look, Devin Hester was great, but it's no way in four hells that you can put Devin Hester in before you put those guys in, especially Brian Mitchell. He retired. Did he retire number one all purpose? No, number two. Number two and, all per all purpose yards. Number two. But here's the thing: the top ten in all purpose yards is Jerry Rice, Brian Mitchell, and then you know you got eight other players. Out of the top ten, nine of the ten are in the Hall of Fame. And that and that and that's telling too. That's also telling. And and if you if you're from this area and you you listen to sports talk radio, Brian Mitchell tell you all the time he does it his way. And he doesn't give a damn if you like it or not. And he knows it's part of the reason why, you know, people don't like him. Um, people don't, you know, gravitate to him. Because he's going to tell you what's on his mind. doesn't care if you like it or not. And, you know, man, you grew up that way where that's, that's what you need to hear. I don't want to hear, you know, the good, fluffy unicorn stuff. I need to hear, you know, to hear the truth. And a lot of people don't like hearing the hearing you know the bad stuff and Brian Mitchell will later um, congratulations on the new show on 107 and uh, I'll be listening to that so KG tell me what you what you what you feeling about the, the Calvin Johnson situation now looking at Calvin Johnson numbers we know how dominant he was but I'm looking at Henry Ellis numbers 814 receptions 13,777 receiving yards, more than Megatron, 65 touchdowns. And, but he finished with 15,718 all-purpose yards. That's everything, his punt returns, his rushes, his kick returns, all put together. Now, Calvin Johnson was dominant, but you're not telling me that he was better. Well, his numbers are, are Hall of Fame worth, but Henry Ellers are not. You, you, I can't. And looking at Calvin Johnson's numbers, 731 receptions, 11,619 yards, 83 touchdowns. Now, was he a dominant force in the ring? Of course. I mean, what was he, 6'5"? Yeah. Athletic. And he came from Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech was a option, a triple option team. And he was dominant in college. Yeah. I just don't – I don't want to take anything away from him. Not at all. Hey, I, just, yeah, I, think, I think I'm about to lose you. So if I lose you, we'll come back and do the. Uh, we'll talk, talk about the Super Bowl a little bit because you you getting pixelated. I know that's on my end because I'm driving back to uh to the spot. So I got you. I'm I'm just looking at you know numbers and everything, but I'm a numbers guy. Charles Johnson was dominant. He was good for what he was, but I'm not putting him in over Henry Ellis. I'm not putting him in over a. Uh, Otis Taylor. It's a lot of guys that should should have had that spot. Can't take anything away from his career, but I think it's too soon. How he was first ballot, but Randy Moss wasn't. Yeah. Chris Carter wasn't, and Chris Carter had the numbers. Chris Carter definitely had the numbers. Definitely had the numbers. So, KG, let's 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 end it there before we get abruptly cut off. Um, 
I'll, we'll set it up again. We'll come back. We'll talk some Super Bowl. We'll talk Chiefs and Bucks and um, give our opinions on that game and get that out hopefully before the Super Bowl starts. So um, let me get off of here before it, it, it cuts us off. All right. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Peace. Good Sunday evening. Super Bowl Sunday just concluded. Man, it, this is part two of the Sunday Rise. Uh, I, man, I no effects. The boss BJ is here. It's me, the big guy KG. Um, I'm just I'm trying to unpack this game. I I I I had part of the score right. I said the Tampa Bay would win, and they would score 31. And they did. Beat the Chiefs thirty-one to nine. Uh, the boss BJ is here. Uh, B. Quick question: uh, Do you know what what history was made tonight? What history was made tonight? I don't know. Does it have anything to do with Tampa Bay not scoring a touchdown? Well, with uh, Kansas City not scoring a touchdown, you're absolutely yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City not scoring a touchdown. Now to take it a little bit deeper, what was the last team? To not score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. The Giants against Baltimore? No. I'm trying to remember what that score was. Uh, uh that was uh 16-13. Okay. So was the, the Baltimore Giants Super Bowl was 16-13? No, you said Baltimore Giants. No, 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 no. A 34-7. I'm thinking of uh when you said Baltimore, my mine went Colts. And I thought about Super Bowl five. That was 16-13 against uh Dallas, but no, the Giants in Baltimore Super Bowl thirty-five. That was thirty-four to seven, Baltimore. Okay, I thought I thought the Giants scored field goals. Okay, um, now who who was the last team? Nineteen seventy-one, Cowboys versus the Dolphins. Cowboys won their first World Championship twenty-four to three. Wow. You're not getting any more soda. I'm talking to Brian Jr. He keeps bringing me sodas. <laughs> You're not giving me soda, though. You got to eat some more food, buddy. So, uh, look, tonight just proved what, if you are if you know football, just proved what has been proven over and over and over again. If you can rush the passer, if you can break that, your defensive line can get penetration and get to the quarterback early, rattle him, and get him off his game, you almost won the game. The Tampa Bay, reason why I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is because, one, they got number 12 on the other side, okay? There's no situation he can't handle. You can hate him, or love, hate him love him, whatever you want. It is what he is. The man got seven championships, just went to a whole nother conference, beat a whole nother batch of people, a whole different batch of coaching, schemes, defensive, different players, different conference, different division, same outcome. Okay? You go to Kansas City, make Kansas City, and Brady didn't do Kansas City he, he didn't play defense. One, um, Todd Bowles had a hell of a game plan, hell of a, um, a hell of a game plan, hell of a what you call him. And 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a hell of a defensive personnel, okay? If you can rush the passer, you can win in this league, okay? If you if, – this shouldn't surprise you. Does it surprise you that the Kansas City Chiefs look mortal, look like they didn't belong in the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, I didn't think they were going to win the game. I thought they would put up a better fight. I thought at the end of the day that Tampa Bay, with their defense and TB12, would prevail. I didn't know it was going to be this dominant. This was dominant. Um, KG, everybody that's listening, I know I usually try to stay away from – talking local teams because we try to be, you know, unbiased. We try to talk about everybody. But right now, the hell with everybody else. If you are a fan of the Washington football team, if you're a fan of the Buffalo Bills, you have to be smiling ear to ear. The Washington football team gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers their greatest challenge in the playoffs besides Green Bay. Besides Green Bay, Washington gave them a tough run. They were a quarterback away from knocking Tampa Bay out of the playoffs. Just imagine if you had Deshaun Watson there. They were a quarterback away from knocking them out of the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills need a pass rusher. It just proved it right here in the Super Bowl. If you can get a dominant, not, not no, you know, Somebody where you could adjust the defensive line or adjust your offensive line and kind of figure out, you know, you know, okay, we can contain this guy. You need a guy that even if you know he is at all times, there's nothing you can do. Jason Pierre-Paul absolutely terrorized the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. KG, you still there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So I'm reading tweets and I'm looking at different things about how the Kansas City offensive line is so horrible and this, that, and the other. No. And, and KG, you made a point that they lost one of their offensive linemen. But you got to give credit where credit is due to the Tampa Bay defensive front. Absolutely dominated. The, the 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 Kansas City offensive line, they manhandled. It was it was plays where Mahomes snapped the ball and Pierre Paul and I don't know who the other end is were already in the backfield. They were already in the backfield. They'd already beat Mahomes and he finished his drop back. They were already in the backfield and he's trying to run backwards. Those are the type of pass rushes I'm talking about. I'm not talking about middle of the pack. I'm talking about Chase Young. I'm talking about J.J. Watt, Von Miller, Khalil Mack. I'm talking about those, Jason Pierre. I'm talking about Dominic because I forgot Dominic and Sue was on the line. You need people that know their role on that defensive line, one, to take up space and Dominic and Sue, power people back to open up for Pierre Paul and the other guys. Everybody can't 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 bask in the glory of a sack. It's working parts to it, 
everybody has to play a role. Brian, go sit down. Now, like I said, if you are a Washington football team fan or a Buffalo fan, yeah, you 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 out of the playoffs, but you got to be smiling right now because each of those teams, KG, we talked about it on one of these podcasts. If, if Washington can make the right move to get one of these quarterbacks that are available, Matthew Stafford is now off the market. Um, the Texans are telling people that Deshaun Watson is not available. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I don't know why, but they're saying that Washington might be interested in Sam Donald. I don't know why. Anybody God, be no. interested in Sam Donald. My I, God. I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand it. I just do not understand it. A good QB can make, a, make his numbers and make a team look good, still get his numbers. On a bad team via uh, 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 I.E. Deshaun Watson. They had a bad season. He still lit up the league. Go look at go look at Deshaun Donald's numbers. And you please t- somebody tell me why. And now, you know, everybody saying, oh, Adam Gates is a bad coach, just that and the other. Okay, I'll give you that. I still think Sam Darnold ceiling is a middle of the pack quarterback. It's not, no, it's not no quarterback that I'm going to be like, man, they got Sam Donald. We got to watch out this weekend. I'm be like, they got Sam Donald. See if we can blitz 15 people. Fuck him. Mm. And if you, don't, if you don't know what that reference is, it's only 11 people allowed on the football field. <laughs> I'm, bl- I'm blitzing everybody. Like somebody come off the sideline and hit his ass. Fuck Sam Donald. See now you speak in my language because that's how I feel about Sam Donald. They tell me, they they oh well Sam Donald's available. Yeah, I guess he is available. Bum ass. I don't really care for Sam Donald. I don't give a shit what you say. Now you're, this guy is only twenty three. If you're giving him away at twenty three, he's damaged good. He's not a starter in this league. If I needed depth, a camp arm, okay maybe. But not as my starter to carry my franchise. No. You can't even carry a dismal franchise in New York that has not been good since Brett Favre left. And that's and that's that, a stretch. And that's what I'm saying. It's not like he's carving defenses up weekly. You know what I'm saying? He's not carving defenses up. I don't care how bad the team is. Bad, good quarterbacks make we, – we've seen Tom Brady do it. Just go look at Tom Brady. We've seen great quarterbacks bring receivers. Just name all the receivers Tom Brady's had. Hmm. When he's on the field, they become great. When Aaron Rodgers was on the field, those receivers become great. When Ben Roethlisberger's throwing, he makes his receivers. Every time he loses a receiver, there's a new receiver in Pittsburgh to pop up. That's not – that's yes, yes, some of his drafting, but that's because of Big Ben. And I know Big Jim don't like Big Ben, but that's because of Big Ben. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of another quarterback that what's another quarterback? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he just got his ass whipped in the Super Bowl, but he makes receivers great. Um, I know I'm I'm forgetting somebody, and it's not Philip Rivers. Just retired. Philip Rivers. Yep. yep. Philip Rivers. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. These quarterbacks make receivers. Yeah, these quarterbacks make receivers 
to another level. So when you say no, you're gonna get you go get Sam Donald. You're gonna go get yourself a quarterback that is a 15 to 25 rated quarterback. You're not getting a top 15 quarterback. His ceiling is 15. If he's having a good year, you place him on this Washington team right now, he might win two more games. He's still probably not going to beat the Bucs. Um, you put Deshaun Watson on this team, this team 13-3. and three. With the defense they put out on the field, this is a 13-3 and three team, and you're really understanding what both Sims boys can do. You're going to see a full Terry McLaurin. You're going to see the full version of Logan Thomas. You're going to see everybody play at their top potential. You can't see that with the quarterback carousel Washington had. You, you just It's not possible. You couldn't, you know, even the best case scenario would have been Alex Smith starting at the beginning of the year and running through the whole season, getting a rapport, getting his, his rust off of him. But that didn't happen, KG. So back to the Super Bowl, Tom Brady, number seven. Number seven. And they're the favorites to win next year. Hey, you know, that's one question I asked uh, Dario. I said, Dario, you think he's coming back for eight? And, you know, we sat here and we contemplated that. But my biggest question when thinking about Tom Brady, and I asked this question on Facebook and I asked it on Twitter. Now, we've this is a COVID season. You had games canceled, moved around, things like that from various teams. Are they going to invalidate this win for Tom Brady like they did for LeBron? What you mean? You know, when LeBron won, when LeBron and the Lakers won over the summer, mm -hmm. they put up, they said, well, you know, the Lakers have won the championship, but it really don't count because it was at a resort. It's a Mickey Mouse championship. It should be an asterisk beside it. They didn't really win. I don't I don't think this one gets that because, yeah, some games were moved around, but for the most part, this was the NFL with minus fans. Yeah, they had to duck and dodge some COVID things, but the teams traveled. Now, you know, you can make the case all you want for the bubble NBA. You know, um, I won't because I enjoyed that basketball um, for those players that went that were, you know, willing to put themselves in harm's way and be away from their families during the, the height of the COVID. Like, like if you were a sports fan, everybody needed that bubble basketball. True. Everybody needed that. It was just a sigh of relief to try to get to some type of normal Every day, hey man, basketballs on, man. Thank you. It was just, a, it was just, it was good to see. So I won't judge the bubble basketball. I think we've seen some of the best basketball happen in that bubble. So I won't put an asterisk next to that. Yeah, they didn't travel. Um, some of the players didn't get to feel that 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 away playoff atmosphere. You know, what I'm saying, you know, they got to play sheltered. But look. I'm I'm all for it. The Lakers are the 2020 champions. That's it. Now the NFL, I, I'm besides them not having the fans, they, they traveled. Yeah, 
They travel. They so no, this is this is Tom Brady tying his boots up and kicking ass like he always does. But you I know, can't, I can't, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You know, when you got a dominant player like Tom Brady, now granted, you we we can't say that we're Tom Brady fans, because I'd be lying to you if I told you I'm the hugest Tom. I'm not really a Tom Brady fan. Respect his game. I respect his gangster. But I'm not a Tom Brady fan. But I know greatness when I see it. And it took me a minute to admit it because I'm such a big Montana fan. Of course, you know, Montana is a Notre Dame alum. Of course, I'm always going to be a big Montana fan. But I can, people want to call into question Tom Brady's intestinal fortitude in games like this. But he showed he could actually get it done. And they want to invalidate his wins because you have Spygate. You got Deflategate. You got this. You got that. You know, but the thing is, unless they put an asterisk in the book or they take away those championships like they do in college, he still got seven rings. And I've seen so many people say, you know, Oh, it was the refs that gave him the win. And Delonte commented on it. And he said, you know, it's refs this, refs that. Now, granted, a lot of calls in the first half went against Kansas City. But a lot of them were calls that Kansas City, they messed up. The taunting calls. You know, the pass interference. And Kansas City DBs, they couldn't keep up with Tampa Bay's receivers. They were grabbing, holding, trying to hold those guys down. And I said it uh, earlier this week. I said, we're going to get Gronk. And this was Gronk's coming out party. I think we've got Gronk back, but we got a different. We don't have the big, bulky, burly Gronk. You got a more sleek, aerodynamic version of Gronk. He liked the new Bronco. You know, the old Bronco was sexy, you know, beautiful to look at, efficient. But now you got that new sleek one with that powerful engine. And it's a little bit more faster. That's what you got right now with Gronk. He's the new Bronco. He's the new Ford Bronco. And no, we're not sponsored by Ford. Not yet, at least. I got coming into this game, the media did what the media does best, was which is hype up the Brady Mahomes matchup. And people are saying Brady Mahomes can be the GOAT, this, that, and the other. I hate that. That word is thrown out so loosely, okay? Patrick Mahomes is young. I believe he's 25. Um, he couldn't beat Tom Brady in the big game. Uh, I believe Tom Brady beat him in the playoffs a couple of years back when they were Patriots Chiefs. I don't know what his record is against Tom. I know they beat the Buccaneers earlier this year, um, but... One of the words that get thrown out way too loosely is GOAT. Tom Brady has six rings before this Super Bowl win. He is GOAT status. He is Joe Montana status. He is John Elway. You know what I'm saying? He's, you know, Roger Starback, Terry. You know, he could, when you talk about great quarterbacks, he's already there. Patrick Mahomes' career is nowhere near over. He does not deserve to be in that conversation yet. Absolutely not. So when you keep throwing around this word GOAT, I know it's a media hype up. Like, people, everybody's not a GOAT. Vince Carter, basketball, he's not a GOAT. When he retired, everybody was saying GOAT, this, 
He's not no damn goat. That man ran, ran around and jumped for 20 years. It has nothing to show for it but dunk highlights. That's not, that's not why you play the game. Play the game for championships. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is not a GOAT. He's not a GOAT. He hasn't accomplished anything. That's like saying Sam Darnold's a GOAT. Uh, you know, <laughs> Joe, it's, 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 it's ridiculous how, how greatness gets tossed around to anybody that, you know, does a little speck of something. Now, Mahomes, I'm not putting him in the Vince Carter category. He has a championship. He is a legit top-tier quarterback. He can win your team a Super Bowl. Tonight, they just got their asses whipped. They, they, got, they got buck broken offensively and defensively. They, they got dominated all three phases of the game, Tampa Bay, and um, it just – Tampa Bay dominated Kansas City. They have black coordinators offensively and defensively that did not get hired. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. They put together a whole game plan and, and, and beat Kansas City into the ground. Byron Leftwich, <clears throat> an offensive coordinator. Todd Bowles, a defensive coordinator. They didn't even get job interviews, I don't think. I know Leftwich did not. I'm not sure about Todd Bowles. You didn't even get job interviews. But you also got to realize Todd Bowles got fired from the Jets when he was trying to build something there. And they went, they fired him for Adam Gase. And I'm sure they they kicking themselves in the ass. No, they're not. No, they're not. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. And and I'm going to say no, they didn't because Adam Gase had already showed you who he was in Miami. True indeed. And Miami got rid of him and the Jets came calling they were desperate, you know. They should have never. Look, you can't, find, you can't ask somebody. Bill Parcells said it best, and and not that Todd Bowles is Bill Parcells or he should be the GM, but you can't cook. I'm a, I'm a I'm a change Parcells tune a little bit. You can't cook groceries if you don't have any fucking groceries. The Jets had nothing to give Todd Bowles. Sam Donald, wow, no, <laughs> no, mm. no, and I and, and look, we see where our listens come from. We see some Ashburn. If somebody's listening down in Ashburn, when the Jets call you for Sam Donald, if if, it, if there's anything more than a fifth round pick for a camp arm for a backup quarterback, hang the phone up. That's not going to be the move. That's not going to be the move. If you're going to give up something, it's for Deshaun Watson. Yes. If, you, if you're going to mortgage the franchise because you get Deshaun Watson, you, you're the cream and the crop in the division for the next 10 years. Because Philly Philly's unsure right now. Dallas is Dallas. And New York is, is shaky at the quarterback. You're good. Oh, hold on. Daniel Jones had that team. He had a move, and I said it earlier uh, this week. Daniel Jones had them boys moving a little bit. Imagine if he would have had a, a better run game where he had a Saquon. They might they might have won the division. I, I'm just saying. I, I, I'll give you that. I, I'll give you that. I won't completely 
shoot Daniel Jones down like I'm doing Sam Donald. I'll give you that. Like I, I just not I'm just not about giving people anything. You gotta earn it. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I'm telling you, if Washington is smart, they put a package together for Deshaun Washington that don't hurt you too much. And, you know, you try to find a way to get him and not completely lose your house. So, um, let me say this. We're talking about coordinators. Now, as far as Bruce Arians goes, he has one of the, (coughs) excuse me, brightest staffs. And they're all of minority descent. You know, he has Hispanics, he has blacks, everything. But this is one thing that I don't want to come out of this game. Now, yes, Kansas City did not score a touchdown, but I'll be damned if I let any Eric Bieniemy slander go from this day forward and saying, you know, that's why he didn't get a job. This, you know, Eric Bieniemy, his offense is this, his offense is that, he's trash. He should be fired. If I hear any Eric Bieniemy slander, on the airwaves tomorrow, any day this week, anytime in the future, we're going to have a problem because you cannot blame him for the power outage. When you were you ran into a buzzsaw, a buzzsaw in the Super Bowl. So don't come in. Don't nobody come in tomorrow morning talking about Eric B enemy and why he didn't get a job. Keep your mouth shut. Don't speak bad of something that you probably don't know anything about. I don't want that's one thing I don't want to come. I don't want to see come out of this Kansas City loss. And I'm being absolutely positively honest. Don't want to hear it. Brother, I agree with you 100%. 100%, man. I agree with you. Um, you know, it, it just they made Tyreek Hill look look like he was a regular receiver tonight. He looked human he, tonight. He and all of them did. The whole Kansas City offense looked like they did not belong in the Super Bowl. And that's hard to do because that is a great offense, even going into halftime. You know that offense, if it gets going, all you got to do is blink twice and it's 21 points on the board. They did not let Tyreek Hill get behind them. And it's kind of similar to what Buffalo tried to do in the regular season, but Buffalo didn't have the front to stop the run. And they got, I think they got over 250 on them on the ground. And, and that's why it is so important. They these teams that are contenders, the, the Packers, they got to take a serious look at what they need, which which is a, a, another receiver. And everybody's killing them because they're like, instead of drafting, trying to draft Aaron Rodgers' replacement, you could have drafted a receiver. Mm-hmm. You could have drafted a receiver. That's on Green Bay. Okay? If you if you got somebody like Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I bring him to the all. You just let me know where you want to go. You It's nothing you can do about that. If he, if he plays for two more years and abruptly leaves, it, look, thank you for playing. You just got to rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, just but while he's there, I'm trying to get all the offensive firepower I can get for this man. 
Um, like I said, we already talked about with Washington. We talked about Buffalo. I'm talking about teams in contention. I ain't talking about nobody else. And the man of the hour, Delonte, chimed in. He said Kelsey played well tonight, but that's it. He led. He led the uh, the game in receiving. Uh, he did. What do you have? Hundred ten yards receiving. Something like that. And that's uh-huh. why. And that's why I'm saying you didn't even hear from Kelsey because the defensive line for the Buccaneers was so good. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have. You could have this. You could have this. We, ten we for one thirty-three. Ten for one thirty-three. No touchdowns though. No touchdowns. No Tyreek Hill, seven catches, 73 yards. They shut down the cheetah. And what's the key to beating a powerful team? You shut down and take away the weapons. Yeah, if if you have the personnel to do so. Exactly. If you have the per- – like I said, Buffalo, until you get to that defensive line, they have the personnel. But if you don't – if you can't rush the passer, no one is running with Tyreek Hill – for six, seven, ten seconds. No, you you have to you have to know as a cornerback that I I just got to stay with this dude to a certain point, and, and Pierre Paul and and Sue would be in the backfield. But then you know, on top of that, and you know what this the defensive performance of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what it reminded me of? What's that? And I'm I'm not doing this to poke at you. It reminds me of Super Bowl twenty five. And Bill Parcells and uh, Bill Belichick came up with a plan. Mm-hmm. And they said, allow Buffalo to run as much as possible. Yep. It just don't give up the pass. Give up the run. Don't give up the pass. And by the time Marv Levy figured it out, it was already too late. But Thurman Thomas ran wild, but they could not complete passes. They yep. let Travis Kelsey do his thing in the middle of the field. And Levante David got yeah, his man in. And, and, uh, J-Lo, just c- commented, I called TB, Tampa Bay's defense last week. Damn right. Damn right. And they let Kelsey do his thing in the middle of the field, but everything on the outside was shut down. I'll give you the middle, but you're not getting, you're not sending Watkins deep. You're not sending Cheetah deep. And I'm going to be in your face all day long. That, that right there, my man, it takes a genius to come up with that. And I don't think Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid. I don't think those guys had anything to combat that because you you you've never had anybody really shut down Tyreek Hill. You've never had anybody really shut down Patrick Mahomes. These this is new territory. This has never happened before. Ah oh, man, that that was a hell of a damn defensive game plan. I will one say the, that one of the best, and you you made a hell of a comparison. When when you, but you have to have you have to know your personnel, and you have to be able to whatever you're trying to implement. You have to have the personnel. You, now, just think of the Giants' defense that year. You know what I'm saying? Look, we're gonna you you just you just can't go out and say. All right, we're gonna let them have the middle of the field and take away the outside. You can't do that if you got bum corners. Mm-hmm. No pass rush. Exactly. And if you do do that, if you don't have any pass rush, 
How long you – we saw it last week in Buffalo. I mean, in, uh, two weeks ago in Kansas City when Buffalo was playing him. Mahomes just chilling in the pocket, no pass rush. So even if that was Buffalo's game plan, they don't have the defensive ends to, eat, to, to get Mahomes to throw the ball in a certain amount of time. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to have players. Now, this beatdown, if you're an AFC team – if you're one of these teams that made the playoffs, minus the Colts, because the Colts got to figure out their quarterback situation. If yeah, you're one of these. World on the street is Andrew Luck, so he'll come out of retirement and play until they can find themselves a replacement. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. But if you're one of those teams, I am on the phone with Houston. If they're going to release J.J. Watt, they're going to trade him. I'm calling um, – Delonte's team, I'm calling the Broncos. Is Von Miller available? I'm calling. I'm. I'm. I'm calling. First thing I'm. I'm calling Ryan Kerrigan's agent. Hey, where does he want to go? I know he wants to go to a contender. If I'm Green Bay, I am running to go get Ryan Kerrigan. If I'm Buffalo, Kerrigan, T.J. Watt, something you need somebody that can rush. The passer. This isn't. We're not talking about anything new. No. This. This. We're not talking. This. This isn't a new formula. If you can rush the passer, you can win games. If you can rush the passer, you could go deep into the playoffs and have championship contention. If you can't rush the passer, and I keep bringing up Buffalo because they can't rush the passer. Jerry Hughes, for as great as he's been for Buffalo, he's past his prime. He's a he's not an every down player anymore. He's a situational player, but he's down at every down. And he's he's just not there anymore. And we joined by the man the hour. Delonte. What's good, fellas? What's going on? on, Not much, man. Not much is watching. (laughs) Super Bowl. That was a blue and to piggyback off of what BJ just said, the, the blueprint seems to be laid out in regards to how to beat Kansas City, how to disrupt their whole system, pass rush. You know what I'm saying? You need some legit in-your-face dogs of, of, of pass rushers that's that's going to go after that boy. And that's what happened tonight with Tampa Bay. Uh, Shaquille Barrett, um, JPP, all of them guys, man. And Dominic and Sue. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sue, all of them, they mugged Mahomes, they Tyreek Hill. Whenever he 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 caught the ball, he was getting mugged. They were they were beating these dudes ass, man. Uh, like I said in the chats, the only person I felt like really did something. I, it was kind. Of, I don't want to. I don't want to like discredit him and say it was garbage, uh, garbage yards. But eh, call it what you want. It was Kelsey? You know what I'm saying? But they they zeroed in on Mahomes and Hill, and it worked. You know what I'm saying? They 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 was like, you're gonna beat us, you're gonna beat us with somebody other than Hill. You know, we'll let Kelsey get his yards, but he won't get in the end zone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's you got that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Yeah, you got other receivers, you know what I'm saying? But we don't see you throwing at them. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you you, you got a, a go to two you know what I'm saying? You got a, your tight end and then your top receiver who you throw it to. You know what I'm saying? You, you got Watkins on your team. I, I don't see no balls get thrown his way. You got Robinson on your team. 
I, I barely see any ball get thrown his way. So we're going to make you utilize those guys. And what happened? They didn't come through. They didn't come through. They beat. They made Patrick Mahomes look beyond human tonight. You know what I'm saying? It was. It, it was. It was a beatdown. It was malicious. It was vicious. But. It, it, you know, saying I gotta give props to Todd Bowles. You know, I say he he basically created a blueprint on how to disrupt Andy Reid's uh, offensive system. Well played by Todd. I got I give major props to Todd Bowles. You you know what I'm gonna say something, and I I believe just like the defensive play call sheet from Super Bowl twenty five. The, de- the the defensive play call sheet from this Super Bowl, the offensive play call sheet, should be headed to the Hall of Fame right now. You, you have to. You have to take those, those play call sheets, and you they have to go in the Hall of Fame. Because I said it on Facebook, Tampa Bay properly administered an ass-whooping tonight, and they did it. It was of epic proportions. It's nothing else that can be said about. It. They took their foot off the gas. Tampa Bay could have put up fifty tonight. That that score should have been fifty to nine. No doubt in my mind. And to and to Patrick Mahomes' credit, he threw two balls that I believe hit the face mask of the receiver. I know Tyreek Hill hit one. I think it was before the half. Hit his face mask. That mm-hmm. should have been caught. Should have been touched. I think he threw another one that hit somebody right in the hands or hit their face mask again. Off these impossible throws that only he he can make, you know, yeah. and it could have been a closer game, you know. But man, it's like it's just it's 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 not. I don't want to say it's surprising, but it, it's it's surprising with what Tampa Bay how dominant they were, how defense wins championships. That you know that it's just what it is. It's, it's never going to change. You know, you'll have an offense come through every now and again that light it up like the the, uh, the greatest show on turf, you know, that 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 would be responsible for Super Bowl wins and, you know, the, the, some of the Patriots teams. But it, you got to – you're not coming to the Super Bowl and you can't rush a passer. It's just not happening. You you have to have a upper echelon top – Top, I want to say top 10, top 15 pass rusher. Somebody that can get to the quarterback consistently. You if you if you don't bring that to the Super Bowl, you're going home. Yeah. Uh, Von Miller. Von Miller. <laughs> Von, Von Miller. Miller. Von Miller. Kill Carolina. Demarcus Ware. Demarcus Ware. Kill Khalil Mack. Yep. They bro, you 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 not you, JPP, he and I asked Kevin earlier. JPP was on the 07 Giants team. Mm-hmm. They they were after Tom Brady. They were after Tom Brady. Yeah, Eli made some hell of a throws, but that defense was after Tom Brady. Yep. So, man, look. You fella, know what? Fellas, I'm gonna let y'all continue. I gotta shut it down and get ready for work tomorrow. But I'll be listening. And y'all continue, and uh, I'll see. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. All right. No doubt. Peace. Peace. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the boss, BJ. Uh, to 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 look at this coaching staff. 
it's a it's a few uh Washington connections. Their offensive assistant, Antoine Randall. <laughs> Byron Leftwich went to HD Woodson. Uh Cody Grimm, son of Russ Grimm, on his coaching staff. But they also have <laughs> Tampa Bay connect. It's like so many connections. And one thing I can say about this win for Tampa Bay. is they they did it their way. Tampa Bay, this team wasn't already put together when Arians got here. And then all of a sudden, you know, the same year he gets here, he wins, a la John Gruden. No, they built this. This Bruce Arians is not a man that was given an empire, okay? He built it. Now let's see how far he can go with it. And that all depends on how they draft. Now, Delonte, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Are you drafting a quarterback as Tampa Bay? We, I mean, we're going. We, Super Bowl glow is over. Are you drafting the quarterback as Tampa Bay? Of course, you have to. Brady's forty-three, and and while I, oh man, it, it kind of pains me. I I have to really, really, really call him the goat. Of this whole sports thing, well, can I call him? The, I call him top five. He'll be top five sports figure of all time when it's all said and done. They have to get a quarterback, like you know what I'm saying? Because I think Brady, he only this is what a two year, sixty million, sixty million dollar deal. I believe so. Yeah, so you know what I'm saying? You coming in on year two? He'll they'll probably sign him. One more. Let's let's see how he, you know how he feel, how he look, because he'll be forty four next year. He said he wanted to play to his forty five. So you know, let's uh, you know, let's 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 see. But yeah, you, you definitely want to draft a quarterback because Brady ain't gonna be there like too long. Well, let me let me throw this out to you, and this this is crazy. But now you know the NFL record for and well the sports record. For most seasons, play is 26, and that's held by George Blander. Now, George Blander played from 49 to 75. So he played in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. He played in four different decades, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, four different decades. He pulled the Vince card. But um, he played until he was 48. And he played various positions. You think Tom Brady can make it another five years? Sorry about that. Slight technical difficulties. No, nah, nah. It's, it, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I, he'll 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 make it to 45 with ease, with ease. But you know, Father Tom loses to nobody, bro. You know what I'm saying? So that's Who you telling. That's 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 a that's tough, you know what I'm saying. Plus, you get to a point you want to see your kids, you know what I'm saying, kind of grow up and you know what I'm saying, and go, you know what I'm saying. They go through, you know, go through this stuff. But that's that's tough, man. That's tough. I I I think he should stick to 45. 45. Yeah, for you know what I'm saying. 45 should be it. All right. Uh. Looking over the picks real quick. Um, the Midnight Rider Ben even checked in. 
he checked in earlier with me. He said he was taking Tampa Bay and he was laying three. I was like, man, you sure about that? That's bold. Now I was taking Tampa Bay, but I didn't think Tampa Bay was gonna gonna cover. But Tampa Bay covered, and of all, I forgot to place a bet. How dumb is that? But uh, Delonte, BJ, and myself. Mm-hmm. The last game of the football season, and we win it. Uh, everybody kind of sort of had it close, but well, let me rephrase that: Delonte, BJ, Ben, and myself. We all had it. So, uh, as of tomorrow morning, everybody's zero and zero again. So, uh, mm-hmm. the quest starts all over tomorrow. All right. So, that's got to be it for us because uh, my Wi-Fi is starting to get a little wonky. I don't know why it's late at night, but my Wi-Fi is getting a little wonky. And I don't want this to go out because it's too good. So, with that being said, a big thank you from, well, to the boss, BJ. Of course, a big thank you to you, the man of the hour. Of course. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday to dig into maybe some all. I mean, it's redundant but we're gonna dig into a little off-season nfl we got to dig into some nba we got a lot of things we need to get to so we will be back on tuesday for the tuesday night flight so please tune in for that but until then that's the man of the hour delante i'm the big guy kg we don't do no overtime we are out of here peace